Get the house you want with the payment you want at buywithconrad.com. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this at buywithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. The first step to buying a house is buywithconrad.com. here on the extreme life of Matt Hardy presented to you exclusively by podcast heat wherever you get your podcast I of course am John Alba joined every single week as I am by the man of the hour Mr. Matt Hardy Matt what's going on tonight man we're we're taping this late on on Wednesday night here it's an a, a post dynamite edition yes. of extreme life if you will uh exactly what I was going to say a post dynamite Extreme Life of Matt Hardy podcast we were taping here. Uh, yeah, I I am here in St. Louis. I was backstage and uh, watched the show. It was uh, an amazing crowd in St. Louis. And, and I'm not going to lie, I was very envious and, and disappointed that I wasn't out in front of that St. Louis crowd participating in this ladder match because uh, I love ladder matches as it is. And uh, obviously, originally, uh, I was going to be in the match with my brother. And uh, I would love to have been out there. I was very proud of the work that the Young Bucks and Jurassic Express both did in that match, though. And uh, the shocking Christian Hill turn after the match was uh, a nice cherry on top. Heck of a match. Luchasaurus taking the Matt Hardy spot of doom to the (laughs) tables on the outside where the tables quite literally exploded underneath his weight. And we got new AEW tag team champions in the Young Bucks. The Bucks of Youth, Matt, they're, they're at it again, man. That's just what they do. They are cementing their legacy as truly one of the best of their generation, if not the best. They are. Generation me, if you will. <laughs> generation me. I just saw that. I actually signed a program. Uh, last weekend and uh, it had the gener- generation me uh, pictures and pages in there. It was, you know, Jeremy Buck and, and Max Buck. That's their names. If I'm not mistaken. Is that what it was? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Buck and Max Buck. Yep. And uh, I just saw it looks so weird seeing Jeremy, you know, and seeing Max is, <laughs> is the young bucks name. So funny. And then, yeah, like you said, Christian turned in heel and it looks like we're going to get some business between Christian and Jungle Boy here. Feels like Christian's the perfect guy to be in there with Jungle Boy at this stage in the career for Jack Perry. Uh, and and I'll, I'll be straightforward and honest. I think Christian is at his best when he is on that side of the fence. When he is a heel, when he is a, a, a baddie, I think that's when he does his best work. I would agree with that entirely i i love watching christian heel work and man i've been saying this for for months if not even more than that one of my biggest criticisms of of AEW booking has been i feel like jungle boy has had momentum so many times and it hasn't really been super capitalized on in a singles role mm-hmm. and now it feels like that 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 time is going to come again where it's really time to do something with Jungle Boy because I, I look at him, Matt, and that's a guy that uh, despite his size and the character, whatever it may be, 
I see him being a future world champion. I think he's that talented mm-hmm. and people connect with him in a very special way. Yeah, people do. They 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 like him. They relate to him. They connect to him. And he's very talented. He has a tremendous attitude. I can say that for a young guy. He has a great attitude. He's uh, very open to learning and, and very open to trying new things, very respectful. I mean, he uh, he, he has a, a huge upside, and I think his potential is, is limitless. I would agree with that entirely. So I'm excited to see what comes to that program with him. But, yeah, man, a, a – pivot of sorts obviously with everything that happened there on dynamite given the events of this week and i want to say up front here matt hardy and and tell this to everyone i i gave you the option a couple days ago i said man you know we we, we were supposed to do an episode about tna this week we were going to do an episode right. on you and jeff reuniting in tna in 2014 and take a look at that with the wolves and and do a deep dive and i was actually really looking forward to that but i i gave you an option i said man if you just want to do a greatest hits episode we can do that this week you know take your time all that but you insisted that you wanted to take this week's episode to talk about life and yeah. normally we have six to ten pages of notes but we got none this week this is just going to be a conversation between you and i and i'm appreciative of that yeah. And uh, I've gotten dozens of messages. And let me say, Matt, that you are so loved by so many people and so many fans, myself included. And we are just we're, we're all thinking of you and your family this week. And I know it's been trying for you, but we all love you, man. Thank you. Uh, and I I love you guys. You know, I am in total. I uh, I have received so many fantastic texts and just different social media messages from so many different people. And there's been so much love and support just aimed towards me, you know, and, and my role in this whole scenario. And, and just people have been very sympathetic and very apologetic uh, and, and have, have shown so much wonderful love and support towards me. And I, I am very grateful for that. Apologize about that. If uh, that noise came through, you know, it's we're wheeling and dealing here in the wrestling. It's all right, man. You got people. It's reality. Big, big money John has got the check-ins there. Um, but yeah, man, we, we love you so much, Matt. And I'm just, uh, I'm just so overwhelmed by seeing some of the outpouring. And I know there's a lot of polarizing elements to everything that sure. has happened. And I want to give you the floor and take this conversation that we're going to have tonight wherever you want to take it. And uh, so, so the floor is yours. Uh, what, what's on your mind right now, Matt Hardy? What's, what's going through your head? I mean, first thing I just want to say is whenever we talked about doing, you know, the podcast today, and obviously I had terrible travel issues. Uh, my flight had got canceled on Tuesday night. I ended up having to come early Wednesday morning. The only real upside to me is that I got to go home and jump in the bed and cuddle up with uh, my boys for four and a half, five hours, which was, which was nice. But then I was up early and off to Charlotte to, to get a flight to St. Louis just to be out here. I need to be here and I just need to talk to people and, and just let everybody know that I am good. And I think that whenever we talked about this episode, as I was saying before, it just didn't feel like a, another episode to talk about wrestling. Like it, this feels bigger than wrestling. Like, you know, just my, mentality over the last couple of days has just been like so serious. And so 
I have so deeply been thinking about life and, and the processes and life's journeys of successes and failures and ups and downs and peaks and valleys. And, you know, especially with what happened to my brother this week, which I will go ahead and say right here uh, for everyone, I'm not going to go into that scenario because it's a, it's an ongoing situation. There's a lot of legal aspects behind it. So I'm not going to address that, but I mean, I almost want to sit back and have a conversation about mental health and addiction and then just how it is something that has ran rampant in the pro wrestling business, especially in the past. The culture has gotten much better. And mental health is a word that you wouldn't even hear 20 years ago. Hell, probably 10 years ago in pro wrestling. But now it is something that is actually listened to and it is something that is acknowledged and, and something we want to take care of people about. And with that same thing being said – you have to be of a strong mentality just in life in general, I think, you know, and even when you ask me about doing, you know, if I just want to do a, a greatest hits or, you know, we play some clips from old episodes, whatever. I mean, I felt this was a good opportunity for me to come here and almost vent. Uh, it's almost cathartic for me in some ways just to talk about some of these things, because I know there are so many people out there that have these same issues that are having these same struggles. And if there's someone out there that is listening to this podcast, John, and some of our banter or some of our conversations uh, can help them or maybe put them on a better path or, or maybe go like, wow, I'm not alone. There are other people that have had these same struggles that I have. That That is all I'm really concerned about in this episode today. I mean, it, the, both of these issues, like the, the overwhelming mentality of how tough pro wrestling, especially with the travel schedule and the physical abuse to your body is something that does create mental health issues. And then obviously the pain that guys are in is something that has created addiction issues. And, and fortunately the culture has gotten better and we have started taking better, uh, better care of, of men and women in general going forward. But th those are the things I would really like to get into today, John, if you're up for talking about that. I would absolutely love to. I, love to utilize any platform that I do have to talk about mental health awareness. That's something that is very near and dear to me. And I've yes. got no issues being transparent about that. So if that's something you would like to get into as well, I'm, I'm more than happy to, um, as, as far as everything that did transpire again, we asked people to be understanding here that because of the current legal situation, that's the specifics of any of that. That's not something we're going to be taking a deep dive into tonight here on this episode of the extreme life of matt hardy uh, what i will say as far as jeff hardy goes matt is that a lot of people love and care about jeff too and a lot of people do and there are a lot of people who are rooting for him to get through this in whatever way whatever avenue that ultimately ends up being and regardless of whether he's one day teaming with you in a ring again or if he's just going home to his family, whatever right. that may be, everyone wants him to be in the best position possible. Yes. I mean, this, this whole week and this whole discussion about my brother is much, much bigger than pro wrestling. I mean, th this is a point where, you know, all, all, all I'm concerned about is Jeff's health and his well-being. And I just want him in a, a good, safe place. And that's all I'm concerned about. And, and whatever it is going to take for him to get there is what I want for him. And I, you know, I, I was very saddened. And, you know, the, the actual word that I said was, uh, you know, it was uh, very disheartening 
you know, the, the events that happen, but I support my brother hundred percent and I'm going to pull for him and I'm going to give him as much support as I can to help him be as healthy and as well as he can possibly be. Yeah. And uh, we saw the statement from Tony Khan uh, with uh, suspended without pay, but he is going to be pursuing treatment, Mm -hmm. which is great. And Tony put out the call for action as well for anybody who may be dealing with any addiction issues of their own to go ahead and try to get themselves some help. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to diving into your head on this because so many people know family friends who have dealt with some form of addiction, whatever the addiction may be. Right. And this is a conversation I actually had with you and Jeff in my car one day. Everyone Mm -hmm. heals in different ways. Everybody processes things in different ways. Some people need 24 seven watch Others, when other people are watching them, that's when they go to those bad places. So there's right. no one size fits all for every single person that deals with whatever struggles they may have. And that, that, that's one thing I feel like I, I've really learned and accepted in life that there are no formulas for human beings. You know, everyone is different. Uh, there's no two human beings that are really going to have the same formula or the same game plan that is going to work specifically for them. I mean, it's really like a, a filling out process. And, and that certainly goes with like mental health issues and addiction issues. I know that I have tried so many different forms. I, I, I'll, I'll be transparent. Okay. So um, the last three years of my life specifically, right. I, I had a couple really traumatic breakups, uh, uh, relationship breakups. Right. Uh, coupling that with working in an industry, TV news, that I felt like I was in an abusive relationship with. Um, working 14 hours a day, six days a week, some nights, um, dealing with some of the craziness that comes with social media and reporting on some really heavy stuff all while being made to feel like you had no value. I I really went to a very bad place. And even recently in, in the last month, I found myself in a really bad place and I've tried different forms of therapy. I have tried, I've tried uh, psychics. I've tried different forms of CBD, cannabis, everything. And what I have found works for me is music therapy. You know, I love my Bruce Springsteen. I love the Menzingers Gaslight Anthem because I hear lyrics and I hear that other people have experienced things similar to me. And Mm -hmm. um, that's when I go to my place and I'm like, I'm going to try to find some healing here. And that's how I cope. And uh, I, I recently tried that and it wasn't working. And, and I put myself in some general outpatient treatment. Um, and it was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do for myself, but I'm really proud of myself that I did it. Um, I'm proud of you too, brother, for doing that. I appreciate that. And um, that, that's a, that's a huge part of the battle is being able to be aware that you have to address something 
because that that's one of that's one of the toughest challenges I feel like that lies in front of so many people. You know, realizing like that they have an issue, or you know, acknowledging that you have a, a, a weakness, you know, or a flaw, and and going forward to address that. That that's that's one of the biggest battles. Yeah, um, the form of depression that I deal with, and and it sounds very irrational, but it's it's a form where you almost feel like you're failing up. You feel right. like you're not deserving of the opportunities that you have in front of you. Um, you feel like you're doing really great stuff, but it's it's not paying off. You feel, and no matter how irrational that may be or may sound, um, it it I've never fought anything like this in my life, Matt. Like I've never. It's it's worse than any physical pain that I've ever had, ever. Wow. And um, getting treatment and getting help at that level, it it takes so much out of you. It takes so much yeah. out of you. But I keep telling myself, if something happened to me, how would my family feel? If something happened to me, how would my friends feel? And that's why I keep fighting that good fight, you know. And um, all, all things considered, I live a very privileged life, man. And there are some people in your industry who have gone through way, way more hellacious things than I have, yourself included. And um, I'm so curious to hear different coping methods and, and how people go about dealing with that stuff. Uh, you yourself having gone through mental health struggles and addiction struggles, mm -hmm. um, was there ever a moment in your life where you felt that there's a chance you might not make it to the next day, because I know I've gone through stuff like that. You know, the, the, there has been times where I probably thought that not in the moment, because that's when I was at my height of addiction, you know, but like looking back in hindsight, it's just terrifying. You know, man, I, I just want to, a lot, a lot of people know our history, and I feel like some of Jeff's issues probably come from our mother dying when he was so, so, so young, you know. And I know that was an, always an issue that he carried with him deeply, and and it's still, I think, with me, the biggest thing that drives me, I, I know, one hundred percent, the biggest thing that drives me uh, to stay healthy and 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 not have an addiction issue at all. Because I'm, I'm, sh I'm sure I have an addictive personality. I'm like addicted to wrestling. I love it. There's things that if I start watching a show and I constantly want to see it, you know, like I want to finish it, I'll get addicted to it. Whatever. I mean, I, I feel like I do have an addictive personality. Yeah. But also the thing that keeps me running and stronger than anything else is just just my family. It's like there's there's my, my children specifically. I mean, my wife as well. She would whip my ass, as everyone knows. And, you know, <laughs> but like my kids. I mean, that, that's just whatever any – kind of chemical addiction that I might have or, or would have like all that has been traded in for the addiction of my children. You know, that, that is a, that is a real thing that I love. And I think about them. I think about them growing up and, and I want to cry, you know, like I just, I know it's so many special moments and it's like, there's a finite amount of time that I'm going to be able to spend with them. So I try and maximize and I want to optimize each and 
every moment I have with them, especially when I'm traveling a lot and I'm away from them. You know, I always send them videos and, you know, fortunately we can FaceTime and, you know, we can still stay in, in contact, but just that time with them is, is the most precious and valuable time that I have in my life. That is the most precious and valuable time that I spend, yep. you know, each and every day that I'm with them. And it's just, you know, I know that it is my job to like raise these young human beings, three boys and a girl, and, and shape them and forge them into good, productive people that are going to contribute to society, that are going to make the world a better place. I mean, I know that's what my mom wanted for myself and my brother. And, and we we were on the right path for, you know, the first quarter century of our life, you know, for sure. You know, and, and then just like once we got into wrestling back in the day, you know, there were times where we, stuff was kind of thrown on us and we were still real good. We were real resilient about things as far as like, you know, being out of control until we split. And that was the first time there were ever really any chemical dependency issues. That's when Jeff was away from me. And he was on a, the Raw show and he was traveling with two guys who were pretty well known for, you know, using recreational drugs at that time. And that that is when Jeff first got bad and he ended up being released in 2003 during that time. And that, that's when I was like at my best. I was eating my best and training the hardest and, and working hard and, and killing it. And, and for me at that time with him. I knew he was going through all these struggles and that, that's right around that time that Undertaker ladder match happened, you know, and he was getting, he was getting everything. And then like, you know, I was just put on the back burner because, you know, I, I wasn't Vince's guy in his eyes. And that was very frustrating, but it was also very motivating to me as well. And I'm also, I am also like the ult, ult, ultimate optimist. Uh, and we'll just say it and we'll throw it in right here. Uh, I do have a mad fact. Matt fact, Matt will forever see the glass as half full. I can, and, and attest, that, to that. I can attest to that for sure. That, that, that's, that, that's something that I, anytime there's a situation that I feel like is, is bad or shitty, it's, it's really easy to like get down on yourself and like, Oh my God, woe is me or what, you know, and, and that that's where I feel like you start having, issues in your own mind or you know you're like oh my god i feel so bad i want to feel good let me have a drink or let me do this or let me i mean that that's where you have to control the things i always whenever i get into a tough scenario like that i always look at the situation i go what what are the good things in this obviously there's bad because that that just stands out but what are the good things in the scenario let's let's start with that and build upon that and appreciate those things and in the big scheme of things i mean i have lived such a blessed life. I've been so fortunate to be given opportunities to live out my dream. I've been able to make really good money doing it. I've been able to build a nice life for myself. So, I mean, things can't get too bad for me. You know, if I sit in an airport and my flight gets canceled after being there three or four hours and I'm stuck in a hotel or whatever, it, it is what it is. I mean, that, that's life. 5 a.m. sushi, as we saw this past week. 5 a.m. sushi. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that stuff happens, you know, but like, it's, it's only uh, a day and I yeah. can get through that day and then I'll get back to the, the best parts of my life. And, and that's, that's a way I would try and suggest to people to try and approach stuff like that. Whenever you feel like you're overwhelmed, I'll tell you this. And I don't, I don't know if I've ever said this publicly. I, I may have said it publicly in an interview back in the day. I'll never forget whenever I had my ACL, I had my ACL torn in 2004 
and I had uh, reconstructive surgery in my left knee. And then I had about 50% of my meniscus scoped out as well. And I'll never forget, I was there in the hospital. I did that. Uh, I did my rehab for a couple of days and then went home and they sent me home with like this huge bottle of like pain pills and uh, a huge thing of uh, muscle relaxers, I want to say. And I just went, oh my God, for these pills, like I threw them out right from the jump. I didn't want, I didn't want anything to do with it. You know what I mean? Like, and I was like, Oh, I can handle this. This is a knee and I'm going to do this and do rehab, whatever, which, you know, for people who know my history, who are always going to think the worst of me, they go, Oh my God, that sounds crazy. But I mean, that, that was always my mentality then, you know, especially when I was still pretty relatively healthy. Then I was just obviously like repairing and doing rehab on my, on my left knee. But I just, I'll never forget that. Like what a, great mentality that was. I was like, what is this? Yeah. I don't want these things. I fucking threw them away. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. If you could change one thing about your home, what would it be? A new kitchen, a new master bath, maybe put in a pool. What if you could do it with no money out of pocket and cheaper monthly payments? Savewithconrad.com can help, and you can even skip your next two house payments. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender, savewithconrad.com. I want to go back to something you brought up just before, and that was when you said when your mom passed, you felt uh-huh. like that was something that really affected Jeff. And I'm sure it affected yourself as well. Yes. Um, suppressed trauma is uh-huh. brutal. Brutal. Right. And, and and especially if you're a little older and you grew up in the 70s or the 80s or maybe even the early 90s, getting help for suppressed trauma was not something that was looked upon as a positive thing by society. Right. Seeking that help was not something that was looked highly upon. And Mm -hmm. I know so many people, so many people, direct family members, very direct family members who deal with so much suppressed trauma from their childhood that they never got help for. And truthfully, I think in some circumstances, they're now at the point where they're beyond help. And it breaks my heart because nobody should ever be beyond help. So never feel like you are too late to get help on something, no matter how long ago it may have happened in your life, right? whatever that may be. I mean, do you share that sentiment as well? A hundred percent. It's never too late to address issues. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially if you can figure out like, you know, if you have, if you can talk with someone, and kind of put a finger on a finger on what these issues are and, and address them. It, it, and they're, they're lingering. It is never too late to address them. And you need to, I mean, it, it will help you be healthier. It'll help you be better. And I feel like that's one of the things that I do actively now. Like if I do have something going on, it's like, what do I need to do? This is a problem I've had. What do I need to do to address this and change this and correct it? So it doesn't happen again. Or so I, so, so I can avoid it. And th- these things are real. You know, but with that same thing being said, don't use uh, any like substances or like 
you know, stress situations as, as crutches, you know, when you just can actually be, you know, resilient in, in the face of whatever the scenario is you're facing. You know, if you have these lingering issues, like, like you said, John, it is never too late to address them. And, and you should. Uh, the sooner, the better. Man, I was a few blocks from the World Trade Center on 9-11. And I was in third grade when that all happened. It was such a suppressed, traumatic experience for me that I never addressed until literally this past September. I went to the 9-11 Museum and the reflection pool and all that stuff for the first time ever. 20 years had passed. And it was the most emotional, yet simultaneously relieving feeling that I've, I've ever had. I've never been so overwhelmed by emotions in my life. So I just can't encourage that enough. It's a really hard thing to do, but if you feel like you ever need to address suppressed trauma, never, ever hesitate to do it. No one is too strong not to address suppressed trauma. Because, man, it can come in so many forms, can it? Like, whether it's family or work-oriented, maybe you had an abusive boss or an abusive husband or wife. There are so many ways that you can go about addressing help for that. Uh, and, and, and to, as you were you know, as you were saying there, uh, it's, it's really important to prioritize yourself. You know, you, you have to take care of yourself. Like if, if you feel like you have these issues, you can't say, well, I have these issues. They're, they're what makes me crazy or they're what makes me bad. That's not the right mentality. Address those issues and, and there find a way, speak with someone, talk to a counselor, talk to a, a, a talk to someone who's a specialist who can help you address those issues. I'd love to talk with you about support systems. Cause I, I was thinking mm-hmm. about this a lot this past weekend where I've had so many people come to me with their own issues. And meanwhile, I'm like, man, I, I've barely got my shit together. Like, I, but, right. but I'm going to be there for you because I love you and I care about you and I'm going to do what I can. W- what are your views on being a support system whether it's for family, friend, coworker, whatever that may be, and, and how do you personally handle that? I just think it's very important to let a, a family or friend, someone that you, someone you love, someone that you care about, uh, the, the most important thing is to let you know that they are cared about. I honestly believe that. If you have someone that has an issue, you, you have to stay on them. You have to be tough. You have to show them tough love. You have, have to make sure they, they don't make the mistakes that would lead them into a bad place. And I'm speaking more about addiction here than anything else. But also, too, you have to you can't be overwhelming. You do have to let them know their love, too, because there, I feel like a lot of people that have addiction issues, especially in wrestling, uh, they almost get to a point where. They they're down on themselves, too, and they they they, they kind of get altered so that they don't feel like that. They, they, they want to feel euphoria. They don't want to feel that, that lack of love they have for themselves. They want to feel something euphoric. And, and that's when the slippery slope begins at that time. I mean, I'll even go back and apply the wrestling business and even, even talk about my experience, how I first got into it and how I fell into that trap and allowed myself to and, and what I learned from it. I mean, because there was a point in 08, you know, now you're looking at I'm 16, 
17 years into the business, 08, 09, where I'm, I'm pretty beat up. And there's mornings where I can't get out of bed in the morning, you know, and a lot of that was like my hips and lower back, whatever. And I'm like crawling, like almost like I'm been in a war and my, my legs have been, you know, or, or had been rendered obsolete. Like I can't use them. And I would like crawl, shimmy crawl into the tub and soak in the bath to try and loosen up my lower back and hips. I mean, it was that bad at one point. And I remember speaking to people in the WWE and I was like, you know, I just have these issues, you know, maybe I can get some time off. I could do this. And they said, well, we'd really like to keep you out there. Like let's, let's set you up with a doctor's appointment and, and we'll see what they can do. You know, and basically that was just, the doctor's point said, well, really, we just recommend you not doing this. And if you are still, you're still going to do this, like you can take this, this will help with the pain and this will help with relaxing your muscles. And that was pretty much, you know, what I was given. It's not like a surgical procedure, whatever. It's just, obviously you just beat the fuck up, which happens, especially when you're on an insane schedule. And then that's where for me, it began because I started like very responsibly. I would do this. I would work, you know, I would take my stuff, but then the, the rigors and the stress uh, that was surrounds this industry in general, like being a performer and having to do all this physical stuff and, and the physical pain on, on top of, you know, trying to maintain your body and stay in shape and then deal with the politics that's involved with pro wrestling, you know, especially in a WWE, the politics were, you know, through the roof at this point. And then, then you get to a, a point where you go like, Oh my God, I'm overwhelmed. And I, I remember thinking, it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking overwhelmed. Like, I don't want to be able to, I don't want to deal with all this stress. And on top of helping my physical pain, you know, it would help my mental pain and emotional pain because you get that euphoric state. But then that's where things become extremely dangerous. And, and that's the, that is the hole I fell into. And I will say this once again, that was not WB's fault. That was not pro wrestling's fault. At the end of the day, that was my fault because I didn't process that information the way I should have, you know, and this is, we're talking like Oh nine Oh 10. How did you figure out what you needed from your support system? Well, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm very lucky that I have my wife, Rebecca Hardy. She is, she is fucking brutal when it comes to like being on someone's ass, but it's just what I needed at the time because I'm a, I'm a pretty, uh, pretty smart, uh, pretty, uh, pretty savvy at like, you know, mm -hmm. protecting my interest. If I did have something like that at the time and, and she would be on it. And there are other times where there were people I had dealt with that would get so frustrated. And now we're talking about like the, the worst of the worst, 2010, 2011, you know, like, uh, where, you know, they just go, okay, well, this guy's fucked up. I'm out of here. You know, I'm done. I'm done with, with her. She was going to, to whip my ass and make sure that I, I would see the, the era of my ways. And that's one thing I will, I will always love her for, you know, we are very different. We still now, my relationship became so much better with her when I just accepted her for who she is. She is very different from me. We see things so differently the way we would handle this Jeff situation, we see it very differently. You know, uh, but I explained to Jeff's wife, like she is not coming from a bad place. That's just how she was raised. And that's just how she is. Like we come from two different cultures. Fuck. We come from Cameron, North Carolina on 
96 acres yeah. of farmland. In Queens. And she comes from Queens, New York. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's a huge difference. The first yeah. time I drove into New York and was in a rental car on my own, having to drive myself in 1998, I like I was like, what the fuck is going on here? You know, with the cabs and everything, you know, when you're driving in the heyday of New York City, like, what? This is insanity. You know, but that is the life she was she was raised with. So she yeah. has such a different mentality. And then once again, and I've said this before, like the reason we work together so good, we are very different, but we talk things through and we compromise and we listen to one another now. And just at the end of the day, now that we have this family and, and these children, we, we have the same goals. We want to be the best parents we can be. We want to raise our children right. We, we, we want them to be good human beings that are going to make the world a better place. You know, but like as far as the support system goes, she she is she is so good. She is like when people say like ride or die, she is the ultimate ride or die bitch. She's the ultimate ride or die bitch. I mean, she really is. Like if there is something that you believe in, she will stick with you 100 percent. I mean, there, there's times where. I feel like. With her, there could be someone that, like, I might not like, but no, I'm fine. If you want to talk to this person or whatever, I'm fine, especially if you guys have, you know, some sort of past friendship or whatever it may be. And she's like, no, fuck them. If you don't, if you don't, if they're not cool with you, they're not cool with me. And that's just how she believes. And I think that's part of just her upbringing as well. You know, like, if someone isn't cool with you, even if they're cool with your, you know, mate, then the mate shouldn't be cool with them. That's kind of how she feels. And uh, the one positive I can say about that is if I have some sort of issue that is nagging me or that I am dealing with, I mean, she has my back 100%. No no ifs, ands, or buts about it. She's like, you and I, we're a team. We're in this shit together. I have your back 100%. And it's it's hard to find people like that. Yeah. And, and that's why I'm, I'm very well, grateful. There's a lot of people that criticize her because of how, how outspoken she is. She doesn't bite her tongue. And just sometimes I just, you know, I'll say like there, there's – Something happening. I was okay. Well, just just sit this one out. Just have your personal opinions. Let's have that in a private conversation with the person. But as far as publicly, we don't air these grievances or whatever it may be, you know. And and she she has done much better than that in the last few years. But like we we are very different, and that's one of those things. Like I don't think people understand. They go like, oh my god, I can't believe Matt, you know, is okay with his wife saying this or doing this or being outspoken. It's like it's not stuff I would say. But she's my wife, and like I, I'm going to allow her to her opinion. Well, and you bring up a good point here. At the end of the day, we're adults, right? And adults are responsible for their own actions. That includes someone who is acting as a support system, and that includes someone who may be going through something tough on their own, or or addiction, or whatever it may be. Yes, I can have a great support system who are there for me at all times, looking out for me, checking in on me. You're someone who's texting me, hey, how you doing, all that stuff. And that's awesome. But I was the one who had to check myself into outpatient treatment. Right. Nobody else was going to do that for me. Yes. I yes. had to recognize I'm going yeah. through an issue yeah. and yes. I need to do that myself. Matt Hardy, you could hold Jeff Hardy's hand and walk down everywhere. They walk down the yellow brick road. And that's great. But at some point, he's got to go to sleep in his own bed. You got to go to sleep in your own bed. You got to go to your own kids. He's got to go to his own family. Right. And we are adults that are responsible for our own actions. And you just, as your support system, have to find a way to respect that while also 
caring for them in the process. And that's a really hard thing to balance. Yeah. Yeah. But because there, there's a, there's a, I mean, you know, after speaking to Jeff the last couple of days, he, I can just, he's just so remorseful, so embarrassed. He like hates himself. And I think that's a part of it too. And, and he has to know, obviously what he did was atrocious and terrible, terrible decision-making. But then also he has to know that people love him. It's very important. And, and, and just like you said, at the end of the day, it all comes down to the individual. You, you have to keep yourself in check. You have to be on top of yourself. You are the only person that, that, can, that can really ensure you're not going to go awry or go in a bad direction, whether it's because of mental issues or because of addiction issues. As you said, you were the one that decided to take care of yourself and you had to make that call. No one else can really make it for you because like, if you, if you don't decide to do it on your own, then eh, you end up kind of half-assing it and you don't really get any positivity out of it. You don't get any productivity out of it. And it's not anyone else's right. In my opinion, strictly my opinion, it's not anyone else's right to criticize or to cast judgment on how, people handle these very personal decisions and deal with these personal relationships. You know, Jeff Hardy better than anybody in the world. There's not one person who knows Jeff Hardy better than you do. Uh, Just as there's probably not someone that knows Matt Hardy as well as he does, or maybe Rebby, but, but you get the point here. It's nobody else reserves the right to tell you how you should handle something or if you're handling something correctly, just as I would not go up to somebody and say, you're not doing that correctly. Everyone deals with trauma. Everyone deals with these personal issues in their very own distinct way. And we can only try our best to set one another up for success, but ultimately it is on the individual to will themselves to success. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I'm even, I'm even going to talk about my evolution from my, I guess in theory, second WWE run into my third. You know, as I'd said there, when the stress of the job, especially when Jeff had left and Jeff, Jeff got in trouble, and then I feel like a lot of it was kind of taken out on me, which may or may not have been true. That could just be, be me uh, using that as an excuse. But that's how I felt in those moments. And then I remember like, well, when the stress of the job was overwhelming, okay, well, here we go. And that, that's how it starts. That's how you become addicted to something. And then your body physically craves it and needs it to like function normally. And then uh, once I made the decision and got to the position that I had to get help, and do treatment, whatever. I went there and I just, I opened my mind. I said, I've got to do this experience anyway. Uh, let me stop fucking up and let's, let's take this in and let's learn as much as we can from it. And, and, and I did. And, and I, I really committed to it. And I, that's what I need Jeff to do now. You know, I mean, he'd been so, so good, but it's just a scary, scary reminder of how it doesn't take long to just fall so right back into stuff. You you said to me, and I'm I'm going to take this part, so you don't have to say anything here. But you would say to me all the time as we were starting the show, you're like, "Man, 
after everything that happened, that Jeff is in such a good place. He's killing it right now. Yeah. He's in the best mental capacity he's been in in years. Super and, responsible. And then just like that. And listen, maybe there are addictive traits to the professional wrestling industry, too that are beyond any individual's control. There are stigmas that come with being around the business, no matter how positive of an environment you can be in. Right. It, it take, it's that rock and roll lifestyle, regardless of what you want to say. That's just, that's pro wrestling is show business, right? So yeah. that's a lot to handle for some people. It is. I, I just want to tell you this too. I actually text the Young Bucks after their match tonight. And I said, I, I, you know, because I, I was splitting out of there. I said, uh, I loved it. You guys killed it. I said, I love the fact that you guys are you got you guys are both rock stars, except you don't have the bad rock star habits. Uh, and and you know that's that that's that's very true. I mean, especially back in the day when we first started, as I described it as the wild wild west. You know, in that promo that I said to them, like it, it was just different. I mean, you were you were pushed into pretty bad places because the culture was very different then. You know, but but later on down the road, as I said. Once I started getting my shit together and I started getting my feet underneath me and, you know, I, I felt comfortable. I was in a routine. I understand, understood, you know, what I need to do to take care of myself, to keep myself on the straight and narrow. Whenever I came back to WWE, I remember how guys were like stressed the fuck out, uh, super worried about political stuff, whatever, this, that, the other thing. And I remember even like conversations we had, you said, you know, when we talked about Woken, Matt, right? Were you worried that they were going to do Woken Matt wrong or this or that? Or were they going to, you know, WWE it or what? And I just, I just, I, I, I made the most of everything that I could. And I realized like, I can't get to, I, I can't change what's happening. All I can do is control who I am and make the most out of every opportunity I'm given. And, and that's what I came back. That's what I came back for. I mean, that whole time going through those three years, they were like pretty, there were times where they were stressed, but in the big scheme of things, they were pretty stressless because I didn't let it get to me. You know, I, I had a very good, clean separation of pro wrestling and then, you know, family life being dad out already. Uh, and and that, that's what's most important. And, and just I know as soon as I leave there, it's like I don't have to be obsessed with wrestling and like, you know, my – you know, if is my character over? Is he winning or is he losing? Or what is my legacy? You know, I'm not being treated properly. I'm not being utilized properly. What I mean, th those are just things you can address those things, but you can't like carry that home with you. You can't let that stuff overwhelm you. So something I tell people all the time, and I honestly believe this. If I ever get into a moment, if something happens, like for instance, when I first learned about Jeff's situation. Oh, I like my heart sunk hugely overwhelming and just like, you just have to stop and breathe. And, and if you need to, then this goes to everybody out there. Whenever you feel like you're overwhelmed, stop yourself from being overwhelmed. Take it one minute at a time. Stop, breathe, you know, take it one day at a time. Take it one hour at a time. Take it one minute at a time. Take it one second at a time. If you have to, and just realize that like you, you, you will get past this. And don't let that take over your mind. Don't let that control your thoughts and, and put you in a bad place, put you down a bad path. Because it can when people get overwhelmed. That's where a lot of people end up making real poor decisions when they become overwhelmed. Anytime you have that feeling where you're sick to your stomach and, and you're overwhelmed, you have to you have to get through that moment. 
and, and take it one moment of time, regardless of how small you have to make that period of time. And, and one thing I want to tack on to that, if that overwhelmingness does get to you, you are not weak for letting it consume you. It's how you handle it after that. In the past sure. calendar yes. year, in the past calendar year, I have had two panic attacks, one of which mm-hmm. sent me to the ER. Right. And <laughs> it's not something you want to feel. You don't want to feel like your heart is beating three times the pace that it should be. You don't want to be sweating profusely. You don't want your body to be tingling. I'll never forget the sensation I had for my first panic attack. It was the scariest feeling I've ever had in my entire life. But I had to remind myself that I was not weak for feeling these things. Right. It was about, okay, how do I address it to try to make sure that it doesn't happen again? What can I do to set myself up for success? And that's just the approach you have to have, no matter how difficult it is. And uh, I, I hear everything you're saying on that front, Matt, yeah. entirely. My, my heart dropped, dropped yeah. right. when I got the news. And it dropped for you, too, because I was just like, man, I know my friend is loving life right now. And right. he is having a blast doing what he's doing. You're knocking on the door of a tag title run. Things. This is the Hardy Boy run. You're making the towns. It's great. And then like that, it all comes yeah. to a screeching halt. But then your optimism after it is so inspiring, Matt, because truthfully, I'm breaking down the fourth wall here. When you and I talked on the phone a couple of days after it happened, you're just like, what am I going to do now? I just got to make the most of it. And I commend you so much for having that attitude. Yeah. I mean, that, that's you can't sit back and sulk over something that is done and something you have no control of. You just really have to make the most and, and you have to keep moving forward. You have to keep your chin up and, and keep moving forward. Sure. I, I, I'm, I'm even curious, John, just when you were saying that, do you, do you have, do you have an idea like what would, what would bring, what brings on your panic attacks at all? Well, one of them was a very specific incident. One of them, something happened and it triggered it. Um, my most recent one, it was maybe, what, three, four weeks ago, I think, something like that. Um, right. Yes, three weeks ago when I checked myself in. I woke up at four in the morning, Matt, and my heart was... And my hairs were raised all along my body. I was having a hard time breathing. And um, scary, man. It's horrifying. Horrifying. And I, I'm so grateful, by the way, I have to give him a shout, Dax Harwood of FTR, someone who has been so open and transparent talking about anxiety and that stuff. If, if anyone deals with anxiety, he is such a great resource. He's tremendous talking about that stuff. Send him a tweet. I guarantee you he'll get back to you. He's, he's fantastic. And he and I actually had a conversation about it, too, and he was so helpful. But um, it was a combination of things that brought it on some stuff that you and I have discussed privately off air and um, a combination of, I I, sometimes with my form of depression, I get what are called flashback moments where I'm more or less transported to uh, another vessel. And, and I, I relive something that was really traumatic for me. And Mm -hmm. um, it's horrible. It's horrible but i'm so grateful to have such a great support system and i I wouldn't be able to make it through these things without a support system and i know i've got the most loving mother on the face of the planet who would do anything for me 
And I'm so thankful for that. And I've got great friends and I, I got people like you who are always checking in. And I'm just so, I'm so grateful for that. And not everybody is as fortunate as me. And, and I'm, I recognize that and I'm grateful because of that. So that that's, amen. that's fantastic that you do. And I do as well. I am very grateful to have uh, just a, a great circle of friends and, and family that, that are super positive yeah. and really, look at everything to me and for me in my best interest. You got to see Diva on this weekend. That must've been nice. Yeah, it was, uh, it was fun to see. It was fun to see Diva for sure. And just chat with him, interact and just kind of hear, hear his story. He's health wise. He's doing, doing pretty good, much better, which was, which was a very, very nice thing to hear, you know, because uh, it's always, it's always sad, man, as, uh, you know, you see guys that you've worked with as they get older and they have health issues or, you know, they're somewhat debilitated, whatever it may be. And, uh, it was great to see him good and, and looking healthy and, and, and feeling energized. Yeah. Well, talking about being healthy and feeling energized, uh, this is a shoot right here, Matt. You told me recently that yes. you've been using your AG1 from Athletic Greens. We've been talking about it a lot here on the extreme life yeah. of Matt Hardy the past few weeks. I know I started taking AG one because I was like very much a mental cleansing in addition to physical cleansing, but you started taking it as well. And you've noticed a change and I can't blame you. One scoop of AG one 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics and adaptogens to help start your day right this special blend of ingredients supports your gut health your nervous system your immune system your energy recovery focus aging all those things and the beauty of it is it's lifestyle friendly whether you eat keto paleo vegan dairy-free or gluten-free it contains less than one gram of sugar no gmos no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good enlighten matt hardy the fans of the extreme life about how great this product has been for you because I know it's helping you maintain your physical health in addition yeah. to your health. I, I can't, I, when I first, I got a box of AG ones. And when I first tried it, it was so much better tasting than I initially expected. Uh, it, it, it's delicious. It's great. And on top of that, it is so healthy and, and, and it's became part of my daily ritual. Now I wake up in the morning. Uh, I take my first supplements. Uh, I take my pre-workout and I drink my AG one. And that, that is my morning ritual. And then I go take my ass downstairs and do cardio and either do yoga or do weights, whatever, whatever I'm doing on that particular day. And, and I am so happy to have discovered it. And I'm so glad that they are here with us on the extreme life of Matt Hardy, because it's one of those things where this is a reality, you know, in wrestling, they say a shoot. I mean, legitimately, like I love this product and I take it every day. And I think it's delicious. And, and if you haven't tried it yet, you should try it. AJ, AG ones are great supporting your physical health is just as important as supporting your mental health. We talk about that all the time mm -hmm. here, especially with all the stuff you've gone through and it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habits. Cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. You're investing in all in one nutritional insurance. And right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. And that is it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is pairing with us. It's going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do, visit athleticgreens.com forward slash hardy. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash hardy. 
to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. It will be wonderful. I promise you that. And Matt Hardy endorses that as well. I do. But, but I, I do want to circle back here, Matt, not to get the shameless plugs out of the way, but I, I do want to circle back just to this overall discussion about addiction in pro wrestling and in life. Right. I do feel like the industry is in a much healthier place than it's been in the past as far as that stuff is concerned. A lot of that Wild West bad habits, all that stuff has kind of mostly made its way out of the industry, it feels like. Yes. Locker rooms are more supportive. Peers are more supportive of each other. What is your overall assessment of the industry on that facet right now? What you just said is very accurate. Uh, And I'm very proud that the culture has changed so drastically over the last 25 years. Um, Because as you were saying before, if you were having mental health issues, if there's something that is like messing with you and some sort of stress or anxiety or panic attack you're having – I almost feel like back in the wild, wild west days, they would just have looked at you as weak as opposed to like actually comprehending and having sympathy with you and understanding it's like a legitimate issue that that people legitimately have. And now with AEW, it is just such like a forward thinking company as it is in general anyway. Uh, So, so those things are definitely addressed. Uh, They're looked for if you, if you need help or if you need to speak with someone, if you need any of this mental health, uh, any issue in mental health address, they, they have people there to talk to. And, and it's something that is on the radar, which is great. And then once again, the younger kids, uh, the culture of pills and drugs and booze just is no, is nowhere near where it was before. I'm not going to say it's non-existent because it'll probably never be non-existent, but like in AW, the, the young kids that are there, they just, that doesn't even exist to them. That's not even cool to them, you know? And that's a really, refreshing thing to see out of the change of culture. Yeah. And there's also another element that I want to add to all of this. And you kind of triggered it as I was, you were just saying that when I had that panic attack, I I had to pull out of an indie booking and I missed a very important show for a storyline that we were laying down and I was gutted. I I felt so horrible because feeling like you're letting people down when, when you're in, when you're in a performance field and I felt this way in TV news too, if you aren't there, even if you know, it's irrational to feel this way, you almost always feel bad for letting people down for not being able to perform for not being able to go on air for whatever it may be. But I, I had tremendous support because the culture has changed yeah, in the industry. It has. And the promoter, who I know very well, but the promoter, Randy Carver, was like, it's just wrestling. I'll never forget that. He said that. He goes, it's just wrestling. Right. You being right is more important. And I'm sure that a guy like Jeff, who loves his fans. So Jeff, you talk about all the time. Jeff has that so authentic and surreal connection with his fans. I'm sure Jeff feels horrible letting down fans after something like that. And I know you have felt bad in the past about instances like that. What kind of pressure do you guys carry when you have instances where there are setbacks? I mean, that's, you know, I I go out of my way now to try and avoid, you know, those setbacks. I I just don't, I I just, I try and be as smart as I can. I I think every decision through, I I put myself in situations to succeed and, and, and situations to 
be the best version of me that I can possibly be in the past. If there, you know, when there was times like that, when something happened and, and I didn't do it because I had made poor decisions. I mean, obviously, yeah, you, you feel awful and, and usually pretty regretful and, and remorseful. And I'm sure, but I'm not just sure. I mean, I, I know Jeff felt that way about everything, you know, especially tonight, just being that ladder match. I, I hell, I felt bad. I was backstage and I just felt like, man, I should be out there, you know, doing this too. That was like, we we're part of the advertised gig, you know, but when it's all said and done, this is bigger than pro wrestling. It's just pro wrestling. You know, it's, it's big town pro wrestling. It's a big TV show and everything else, but it's, it's just pro wrestling. I just need my brother to be healthy and I need him to be well and be the best he can possibly be. And, and that, that's what takes priority over everything else. 100%. I'm with you on that entirely. And I feel like a lot of times fans, most, most fans are very understanding. I want to, I want to say that the vocal minority often get looked at. Most fans are very understanding, but I think there are a lot of fans that lack perspective sometimes and fail to recognize that an athlete or a pro wrestler, whatever they may be, are real human beings too. Yeah. Are real human beings with real human emotions that, you know, uh, that, that become sad or, you know, feel unhappy or, you know, feel worthless, whatever, whatever word you may choose. I mean, a lot of times people just forget the power of their words, you know, and it's, it's, Funny. I mean, that that's one thing that I say all the time. I mean, it, it is real, but then it isn't real when it comes to social media, because like, you know, everything you read on there is like someone took the time and sat down and, and wrote that and, and sent it out or whatever, unless it is a bot account. <laughs> but also these people don't know you. Yeah. They don't understand your scenario. They don't know where you're <laughs> coming from. Just some of the stuff I got even reading through that. And I saw, you'd probably saw it. I saw Rebbe put out a TikTok video about, you know, said you and Matt are enablers. You know, she uh, she went and like told she the documented promoter. everything. Yeah, she she did. And she she was recording it there uh, and like said, look, no alcohol comes here. No fans bring alcohol. And that, that's one of the scariest things about this, too, especially if you feel like someone is, is vulnerable, you know, like just a wrestling man's like, Oh my God, you're my guy here. Let me buy you this alcohol, you know? And she was, she was on that shit, you know? And like, uh, she, she, she gets very offended if she hears that because she, she, she would be the last person you could label as an, an, an enabler. You know, she's like, she's like the, she's a super bitch and she will do whatever it takes to like, stop, shut these instances down. You know, and, and that's, that's just further proof, though, Matt, that like no matter what you do, ultimately it is that person's. Yes, you're responsible for yourself. You are responsible for yourself, Matt Hardy. If you saw a bottle of whiskey up front, you could have grabbed that thing. But that doesn't mean that someone's not going to get their hands on it at the end of the day. It, it, sure. A person is responsible for themselves at the end of the day, uh, no matter if you're wiping his ass or, or, or whatever. It, uh-huh. They are responsible for themselves. And man, I'll never forget. I had a really bad mental health episode one time and I was vulnerable and very public about it. Right. And there was a Reddit thread that was made making fun of me for it. Oh my. I and mean, it was so hurtful. And when someone is struggling, when you just 
read those things. Words words carry so much weight sometimes. Even if you know you shouldn't or you know it's irrational, right. they carry so much weight. So I just right. ask people to always try to be cognizant of that. Even if you aren't coming about addressing something or approaching something with bad intentions, your words carry meaning. And yeah, some people carry bad intentions with what they post, but right. everything you say has meaning and people read these actual sentences that you write out on your keyboard or on your phone and they may tangibly impact somebody and they can be hurtful. They really can. And it's, and it's one of those things, as you have seen too, the more notoriety or celebrity you get, you know, if you become more of a public figure, I mean, it just becomes more and more and more, you know, and like it's, it's, it's unreal. Like some of the people who just live regular, normal lives, you know, just, just regular human beings. Like if they had to deal with some of the stuff that people would send you or I on social media or the young bucks on social media, I mean, it would just blow their mind and it would be, it'd be probably pretty hard for them to digest it and comprehend how someone could say something so terrible to them. There was a period of time that, and this is a shoot here when I was like in the midst of really covering the pandemic, covering pro wrestling in the pandemic as a local sportscaster, every mm -hmm. single day, I woke up to some form of a message on Twitter telling me to kill myself every single day for about a two or three month stretch over pro wrestling, wow. which is, I, and that's arbitrary compared to what someone like your stature gets. So yeah. I just, I can't fathom that man. I can't fathom what, would drive someone to have so much hate towards someone that they've never even met. I, I can't understand that. And thankfully there are so many more positive voices out there, but it's the negative ones sometimes that are just so loud. Yeah. yeah I mean, and, and, and it's also a, a lot of times it's the negatives. It's the negative ones that if you're scrolling through, they just, they, they, they they're so upsetting it's, it's just, it's, it's hard to look past them, you know, and, oh, and, and that's also another thing that as time has gone on, you know, I've, I've definitely learned to overlook those things and just, just let them go. Because I mean, really at the end of the day, they, they don't know you and they, they don't know the scenario. So it's, it's, it's not real in that capacity. You know, they are words, but you, it's something else I would recommend to everybody else. If you are on Twitter and some stranger, Someone that you don't know, that you don't personally know in your real time, real life, you know, is saying insulting, terrible things to you. Just it's not not real. Like it's just because they don't know you. I mean, they can't comment, they can't speak and, and address you accurately because they don't know you at all. So just remember that if you're reading something that someone is trolling you about, that it's 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 not real. It's not a, a real reflection of life. It's not a real reflection of you too and uh and just do your best to overlook that and, and let it go it's really really easy to to take that to heart and to be offended by it and get upset by it but just uh move past it and let it go because it's not real it doesn't reflect real life i'm just a general believer in trying to be a good person towards other people because you you never know what somebody is going through you never know how they're feeling about e themselves. Every, every, everybody's going through something mm -hmm. you know as you said everybody's going through something uh, you know, different parts uh, of their life, different parts of their week, whatever it may be. So, yeah, I, I'm a, I'm a big uh, I'm a big fan of that as well. I don't know you if know, I've ever even told you. This. I don't know if I've ever even told you the story. I I think I told it on the Wiser Wrestling podcast, but 
uh, back when I was on air in New England. Uh-huh. I was at a grocery store. I was dressed down. Okay. I had a backwards hat on, gym shorts, very un-John Alba attire. And okay. uh, I had a random woman come up to me, and she looks at me, and she goes, you know, you're much better looking in person because your nose looks like shit on TV. Oh, boy. And I was 23 years old. I had a bad nose. I was so self-conscious about my nose that that one comment ultimately drove me to get a nose job. I'm very public about this. And it, it helped my self-confidence about my body. But the idea that it was a catalyst of someone coming up to me in a fairly innocuous activity of grocery shopping. Right. And making a comment about my physical appearance. You never reserve the right to say something like that to somebody. And I just always ask people to be respectful of other human beings because like you just said, man, people go through stuff and people feel stuff and always be kind. Just be kind. It's such an easy thing to do. It is so easy to be nice. It doesn't cost anything to be kind. It, it, it's it's not an issue. It's not going to hurt you. It's no. not going to it's not going to affect you. It's just it's just, just be kind. Human beings should be much more kind to each other in the, the big scheme of things. You know, just I, it makes me sick how divisive and how rude and how insulting people are to, to other people now constantly, and it's become yeah. like a way of life. You know, and just be kind, man. That's something you and I were talking about at like two in the morning the other day. And I, I love, I love listening to you talk, man, because you and I will talk for literally hours just about life. And I right. love getting an opportunity to talk to you long form about stuff like this. I even feel like being nice to Jose tonight. Jose, you're not the worst thing in the world. You know what? You've got some redeeming qualities. You're, you're even a half decent assistant, Jose. Half decent. Jose. You're you're okay. <laughs> I'll give you that. You're Jose. You're okay. You're okay, Jose. <laughs> that was my that was my good deed of the day. There you go. I like it. I like it. Um, but but uh, but man, I was just gonna say, like, uh, as I've gotten older, and as I've matured, and most importantly, I have uh, human beings, individuals being my children that uh, are much more important than me. Yeah. It really helps me set my priorities straight. And, you know, every, every decision I make ultimately means to me that I am doing something that would make them proud of me as, as their father. That's every decision I embark on, you know, and I just have to be as, as as smart as I can. I have to be, uh, you know, just, you don't always have like, a clear path on some decisions. Like it could, can't, it, maybe it's something that's sticky. Like you, it's not like a, a perfect path that everybody's going to be good with, but you have to choose like the best path. Yeah. And that's, that's one of those things too. And, and it's just, it's, it's you trying to be, you, you once again have to be on top of yourself and you have to be responsible for yourself and you have to take the first step in whatever it may be. And, and that includes making the right decision, not making a poor decision. And also if you need help, don't be afraid to ask for help. As a matter of fact, I would love to, if we can, John, at some point on this, put up the, you know, mental health number 
as there's a national one, I would love to put up the addiction yes. information. If someone feels like you need help. And I'll say this first and foremost, if you live every day of your life and there's a chemical substance that you don't think you can go without taking every day because you're not going to function normally or you, you're, you're going to be off or you're, you're not going to be as good as you could be then you, you have an issue. And that's when you really need to start addressing this issue and, and ask someone about it and get help for it. That's, that's the sign. When there's a chemical that controls you more than you control you, you have an issue. Yeah. So please, if you are in your everyday life and there's something that you depend on every day and you have to have it to feel normal, address it, look into it and, and look at yourself in the mirror and be very honest with yourself. That's, that's the most important thing. Be very, very honest with yourself and don't care. Don't be concerned about what anybody else would think about it. And, and this even goes, if it's like uh, your friends or anybody else, if, if you are taking care of yourself because you feel like you have an issue, then you're doing the right thing. Yeah. And I want to tell you, Matt, I am so proud of you. I'm not just myself, but I know I speak on behalf of fans across the world for dragging yourself out of what you were able to and make the life for yourself that you have. You are an outstanding father. Everyone sees it. Everyone knows how proud of your kids you are and how proud of being a dad you are. Dad, dad, hearty, as you said, yeah. and you're a great husband and you are a living, breathing testimony, testimonial to being able to get through these hardships and get through this stuff. I've told you this on the show. I felt yeah. betrayed by you, Matt. You were my yes. guy, and I saw you fall so far. And I was right. like, this guy, he's doing these scummy things. What has happened right. to this guy that I loved? But you pulled yourself out, and I, I obviously have much more thorough understanding now of life and hardships that we all embark on, and we are so proud of you. We are so proud of you, Thank and we are so appreciative of you, Matt Hardy, genuinely. Thank you, my friend. Absolutely. Um, 100%. Yeah. That's another thing, uh, you know, if, if, if you're out there and you're listening to this, like uh, I, I went, I went through brutal shit. I am lucky to be alive. And probably uh, if it wasn't for my wife, for, for Rebby Hardy, I, probably, I, I may not be alive. So she was definitely a, a, a legitimate lifesaver in a lot of my scenario, because if, if fate hadn't have brought us together at that time, and I hadn't have had her truculent personality <laughs> on my ass. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what my fate would have ultimately been, but I did, yep. and and we got through it, and it became the ultimate life lesson for me. Yeah. You know, anytime something bad has happened to me in the past, I like take elements from it and try and utilize it as a life lesson, and. Something I want to tell people out there, if you are stuck in a rut, whatever this rut may be, especially if it's a, an addiction issue, I just want you to know, I'm telling you, I got through it. And if I got through it, you can get through it. And if you start doing the work to get through this, if, if you seek out help, if this, uh, if, if this uh, means going to treatment, uh, you, you will get through it. And you have to remember that, too. You will get through it and it will get better. And that's even something I say if, I, if I'm in a long-ass wrestling match and I'm just, like, tired if I hadn't slept because of circumstances, just 
sometimes here you only get a few hours of night to sleep, whatever. I just, you'll get through it. And that's like a mentality that I keep to. I, I use that all the time. Just like it's tough. If it was like a struggle, and I can relate this to many different instances, but the most important one that I'm going to address right now is like, if you are dealing with an addiction issue, you can get through it and, and it will get better. You can get better. And it's never too late to change. It's never too late to seek help. You can get through it. Stay optimistic. Stay positive. And uh, keep that glass of water half full because it is half full. You're, you're alive and you're breathing. You can get through it and it will get better. Who's going to take care of your family if something happens to you? What would they do without your income? If you don't have a plan, you need to go to GoliathLife.com. Get a quick quote from more than 20 carriers. You don't even have to leave the house. If you need a medical exam, they'll send somebody to your house or office. You're in total control. You pick the rates, you pick the payments, you pick the terms. You're in total control, but it gives you and your family peace of mind. What if something happens to your income? Hurry to GoliathLife.com. So now I, I want to wrap with this. What's next for Matt Hardy? What's the plan for you going forward here? How are you going to tackle things? I know you've got some bookings coming up that you plan on fulfilling. Yeah. What's what's the plan of action here? Uh, well, to begin with, uh, tomorrow night, I'll be flying tonight. As this uh, drops on Friday, I'll be going to Triple Mania in Tijuana for Triple A. Uh, pretty excited about that. Uh, we're going to have a mystery partner we'll probably announce uh, announce the mystery partner in in all reality but i'll be teaming with someone else and once again as i said this is pro wrestling uh jeff right now is focused on life which is much bigger than pro wrestling so i will be there i will be honoring my meet and greet session and i'm going to do everything in my ability to make everyone as happy as possible and give them the best fan experience that they can possibly have and i'm very excited about wrestling on a show plane it's uh something i've never done before so it's kind of uh, groundbreaking for me, which I think is, is, is pretty cool. And then as far as what I'm going to do on my own, uh, I don't know if you can tell yet, John, but I uh, didn't. I, I was going to bring it up. I was going to bring yeah. it up. You know I was going to bring that up. I have uh, – I had shaved last on Monday morning, actually. So i am uh, got a couple days of, you know, a little stuff. I'm going to probably let the beard grow back in, and, okay. uh, and we'll see where that takes me. You know, as far as what I'm doing going forward, uh, I'm sure I, I will be doing something in some capacity on AW. So I'm going to change it up a little bit, tweak things a little bit, and we'll try and try and make some magic happen. If there's one thing we've learned on this podcast, it is that pretty much every great idea that Matt Hardy comes up with is as a result of an unfortunate circumstance. And you yeah. manage to turn chicken shit into chicken salad pretty much every single time. So if and there you is thought Chris, anybody, you thought and you thought Chris Jericho was the wizard. <laughs> if there is anybody that I have faith in being able to come up with something here, it's good that it's Matt Hardy. I know that it's Matt Hardy. And that makes things exciting for me because I I feel like I've got a pretty good peek into the mind of Matt Hardy, but I'm excited to see what you come up with because, man, yeah. whether it's broken or woken or just another version, <laughs> it's going to be extreme. Yeah, I mean, I, I look at it as a as a challenge uh, as an artist too. Like, uh, 
you know, there's really no timetable on, on what's happening, you know, so I, I very much look forward. I had a great conversation with Tony Khan today. I just talked, talked with him a little bit, you know, so, so we'll see, you know, we've got a, a few weeks to work on stuff. So uh, I'm just excited for it. Now I, I, I look at it as a challenge, you know, as opposed to looking at everything as a setback, which, you know, obviously it, it was very, very, disappointing and heartbreaking that I'm not going to be teaming with my brothers. We want to have this last great run or whatever, but I'm going to make the most out of whatever opportunity I'm given. And uh, I will be positive and optimistic as always. I want to leave us here on, on this fantastic quote that I have plastered above my workspace that I would have with me all the time at Hardy. And I tweet about it all the time. I say it to myself all the time. It's from Brad Stevens, the former head coach of the Boston Celtics. I believe uh-huh. he's the president now. Um, I covered his 2018 team, <clears throat> and they lost in Game 7. They were a young team. They lost in Game 7 of the Easter Conference Finals. They were knocking on the door of the NBA Finals. And it looked like they were so close. It was this big emotional moment. And Brad said – or he was asked about what he told the team after they lost. And he said, the pain – is part of the path. And I subscribe to that every single day of my life, that through every painful experience we encounter, Mm -hmm. it is just part of our path. And how we overcome that pain will help pave our path. So I know that's going to be the case for you. I know that's going to be the case, especially for your brother. And I, 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 brother, I live by it. And I very much believe that brighter days are ahead as long as everyone's ready to put the work in. So yeah. um, anything else you'd like to add here today? Uh, no, but, but I really enjoyed this. Me Just too. talking with you candidly and openly and being very honest and transparent. And I, I hope all of you out there that, that listen to this, which we greatly appreciate, uh, I know a lot of people are committed to listening to John and I chat every single week. And, and I, I hope there's something in here that resonates with you. And there's, there's something in this conversation that we had that will help spark a light bulb over your head and, 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 and maybe help you in some capacity. You know, that, that is, uh, that is what I'm hoping for here, because if there's, if there's anything I, I feel, feel proud of that I take a lot of pride in is that, especially when I interact with people, I, I try and do all that I can and wrestling fans. I think this is one of the reasons myself and, and my, and my brother for that matter are both very loved. I try, I try and give them the best experience possible. And, and I, I try and rub off some sort of positivity on them. And I hope through listening to our chat, I hope some of this positivity rubs off on someone out there who might need it at this particular time. Yeah. And I want to ask you guys if you really picked up anything from this chat. Please spread the good word because we would love more people to hear this chat and we'd love more people to find this. And we actually have a new URL that you can pick up your edition of the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy. And that is ExtremeHardy.com. So you go to ExtremeHardy.com and you'll find every single format of the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy, the video version, the audio version, everything. So ExtremeHardy.com is where you want to find that. You leave that five-star review, you'll be entered to Five, cinco, five, cinco, five. You'll be entered to win a T-shirt. 
down the line. We'll be doing a t-shirt giveaway. And I also, we didn't even get a chance to talk about this, but we got to give uh, some flowers to EC3. He came on last week and that was an episode that you and I actually taped months ago and right. it, it fit in perfectly, but I was glad that we got EC3 on. I know you really enjoyed yeah. the conversation with him and he did too. Yeah, he did. He, he really, he, he likes it a lot. He buzzed me on that. So thank you to EC3. I, uh, I also want to add this to you, John. Last Saturday, uh, when I was at a, a con in Jacksonville, Florida, right, doing a signing, there was a guy said, man, I love your podcast. I love it when you go five, cinco, five, cinco, five. I love that, man. That's one of my favorite parts, <laughs> which popped me so huge. Maybe we need to get a T-shirt going, which you can <laughs> get your Extreme Life of Matt Hardy T-shirts and let it all play out at the Box of Gimmicks dot com matt fact matt fiction let it play out spoken matt hardy and it's appropriate because the words have been spoken matt hardy you are the man i love you i appreciate you as do millions of fans around the world and i'm excited to get back to talking shop next week when we talk i believe about king of the ring 2000 which we are on the 22 year anniversary of so that is pretty crazy very good outstanding outstanding the words have been spoken we'll see you next time here on the extreme life of mad heart thank you everyone Are you feeling stuck making minimum payments on your credit card debt? SaveWithConrad.com can help, and you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? Get rid of your credit card debt and lower your monthly payments right now at SaveWithConrad.com.